Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. They don't just sit around in our ivory tower saying, oh, I think we should build this or that. Everything we've done is market driven. And, and part of that is uh, just baked into our DNA and our philosophy, right? We're, we're a bootstrap company and uh, have, have loved the flexibility and freedom that that's afforded us. Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out LA Startup Refill Fuel and enter code WeRLATech for $10 off. That's Refill Fuel. It's amazing. Literally, you can be anywhere and have your gas totally topped off the tank and not even have to deal with it. No more gas stations. So go to refillfuel.com. That's R E F I L L F U E L.com. Code we are LA Tech for $10 off. We could not do this without the community believing in our vision together. We Are LA Tech is independently funded, funded by you, the community. So to support We Are LA Tech, go to patreon.com slash we are LA Tech. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash we are LA Tech. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Nickerson. I'm guest hosting on We Are LA Tech for Esprit Devora. We Are LA Tech is all about the Los Angeles tech community. We've got entrepreneurs and founders and a number of people in the startup ecosystem in LA. We like to bring on interesting folks and hear what they're doing to grow the community. Today's guest is James Creech, founder and CEO of Paladin Software. James, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Excited to be here. So James, tell us about Paladin. Sure. So Paladin is the essential business management platform for next generation media companies. I realize that's a big statement, so a lot to unpack, right? The the essential thesis is that uh, the way that we consume media and entertainment has fundamentally changed in the last 10, 15 years, right? No longer are we just watching premium programming distributed by major TV and film studios, but we're, you know, we're watching content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on connected devices everywhere, right? On demand. And so with that, we've had a fundamental shift in how uh, content is created, distributed, consumed, and monetized. And therefore, as audience, right, we're watching content everywhere. Yeah. And so as these new media companies have popped up, whether they're uh, digital publishers, influencer marketing agencies, MCNs, uh, talent management companies, esports organizations, they need software to power their business, especially the way they work with digital talent, the way that they create and distribute short form digital content on these platforms. So, you know, I come from that world, have an ad tech background and worked at, you know, an MCN and saw firsthand those challenges. And so teamed up with two co-founders and we launched Paladin with the express goal of building that software platform for these companies that are creating the future of media and entertainment. Amazing. So I want to, I want to know a little bit more about kind of your journey of starting. Sure starting Paladin, right? So um, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the show. They look for inspiration in terms of how to you know, create a company, how to get started. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Obviously, you, you saw the need. You had, you had some 
understanding and intelligence about the market. Yeah. Um, but that journey, right? How, how hard was it to take that step out on your own? Sure. So I found my way into the online video space, initially working in a startup ad tech company. Mm. So was learning about one end of the value chain, working very closely with brands and agencies. Mm -hmm. So helping people on really the demand side understand how to run effectively targeted video ad campaigns on these new platforms. Mm -hmm. Then And demand side in this case is the brand side? Brands and agencies, exactly, right? Yep, on the buy side. And uh, maybe it's just a function of spending enough time in L.A. and (laughs) and this uh, media and entertainment ecosystem. But I found myself uh, getting a chance to work on the other side of the the equation, right? Working with the supply side where creators and influencers are producing content and looking for those brand dollars to monetize. And so working at an MCN at Ben Pixels learned firsthand the challenges that these creators and hands in hand, their, their new media representation were facing. And so as an experiment, you know, we were building technology internally, much like awesomeness TV, full screen, mm-hmm. all the publishers and other companies that I mentioned. And so we just compare notes, right? We'd get together for coffee and talk about what are your challenges or what are you building these days? And came to realize that, you know, there wasn't really a solution. Everyone was trying to stitch stuff together or build things internally or throw you know, spreadsheets and manual labor at the problem. And we said, there's got to be a better way. So, you know, started uh, kind of putting together a platform that we could license to others as an experiment, saw that there was a huge demand and need mm-hmm. in the market. And so said, well, you know, we got to focus on this full time. So with Thomas and Ole, uh, my co-founders, we launched Paladin about a year and a half, two years ago yep. with that goal of saying, we're going to build productivity and workflow solutions. We're going to focus on automating the back office processes and streamlining, you know, what it takes to run a new media company. Yeah. And so, um, and your co-founders are technical. They are. Yeah. yeah. So Ole, our CTO, yep. uh, and then Thomas is our COO and head of product. Yep. Um, not necessarily he and I don't code, but you know, we know very much sure. at, at the surface level. Uh, he has a very deep analytical background though. He ran uh, optimization and, and analytics for maker studios pre and post Disney acquisition. And so, you know, again, comes from the new media world knows, you know, what it takes to build a successful product and worked with a number of tools uh, during his time at maker. And so between the three of us, yeah, we've built you know a large engineering team. Most of our, our team today is product and engineering. And uh, then the balance of folks who work in, in sales and client success and marketing are focused on evangelizing that message and yep. helping customers understand how to use the platform. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I've got a lot of experience in the digital media space as well. And those pain points that you mentioned that you're working on solving are real and they're huge and they're a big problem. And the other thing that I've noticed in my experience with like MCNs and agencies is a lot of times they're sales focused, not necessarily tech focused. So you guys, what I think of Palatin is that, that the technology that you're building, and maybe you can help share kind of some of the tools and services and how you guys stand out. Sure. Um, but I see this like desperate need for so many companies in this space to have great technology. And most companies are actually focused on sales, or at least that's that's been my experience, especially on the um, uh, on the creator side and kind of on the influencer. You're side. absolutely right. Yeah, there's a big need for effective tools because these companies, as a media company, your goal is differentiating from your competition based on audience and your ability to capture revenue for mm-hmm. you know those creators. And so, building technology or spending time on network operations is a distraction, right? Or it's not strategic to your end goal of creating IP, monetizing that IP. And so for us, you know, we come in and in in many cases, we're replacing either those internally developed tools that have been stitched together over the years or the manual processes of talent discovery. Right. How do we find the right influencers to work with? Uh, You know, how are we 
handling contracts and uh, payments, mm, right? The royalty right. accounting and, and calculation of those payments every month. Because in many ways, the making sure that you're paying people accurately and on time is the foundation of trust that you have with those partners. Uh, we do a lot around rights management and anti-piracy. We have business mm. intelligence tools that are aggregating data and helping you make smarter content and programming decisions based on those data inputs. And then also, of course, you know, a campaigns tool, given that uh, brand dollars, in addition to advertising subscriptions, which are an important part of the space, so much of the monetization potential comes from brand opportunities. Sure. So whether it's paid media, influencer marketing, branded content, we've got a campaign suite that helps you identify the right talent to work with package that, send the information to an advertiser for analysis and approval, and then ultimately tracking campaign performance in real time. Sure. And so this goes back a little bit to your introduction of Paladin, right? This sort of disintermediation of content and where it used to be, if you're a brand looking to like engage with audience, you'd have like seven TV channels, right? Even if we go back a long time and now you basically have, there are hundreds of platforms, maybe thousands of platforms and then within each platform, literally almost unlimited channels. And so the the need for these technical solutions, in my mind, is like, even over the last three or four years, like even since you guys have started Paladin, that landscape is shifting and moving. And, and the one direction that I see that it's moving is in a more need for technical solutions because it's even more disintermediated. And as a brand, you want to know, right, if your commercial runs on ESPN, you can sort of tell what happened. That's a little bit easier of a problem to solve. If it's with, you know, thousands of influencers across several different social platforms, that seems like a, a need that technology is even more needed in that space. And that's that's what you're doing. Oh, 100 percent. Right. And we're still in early innings. Right. Yeah, if you look at yeah. the historical evolution of other media formats like radio in the 1920s, yeah. like television, broadcast and cable in the 1960s, you start at the top with general entertainment and programming. So news and you know other kind of general categories. Then you drill down into verticals. You've got sports and lifestyle and music, gaming, et cetera. And then you drill down into super fan communities. And that's what digital really harnesses, right? Unlocks yeah. the power of those ardent fans who are so passionate about a specific type of niche content and there's unlimited choice, right? And unlimited options now for, for people to create content and for people to consume content. So what our solution does is enable that ecosystem to, to occur, right? We want to build the tools that are empowering the media companies that are thereby supporting the creators uh, and giving them the tools to aggregate that data, operate their businesses and save time so they can focus on the things that matter. Yeah. So are you, James, are you able to share any of your clients on either side, either on the brand side or on the client side? Like what are, who are some of the customers in your two-sided marketplace that you're doing? Sure, to? sure. Yeah. So, you know, so a couple of things to know that we're very much focused on the supply side, right? We work mm -hmm. with the people who represent the digital talent. Um, that could change in the future, but today we're not out selling to Nestle or Toyota. Mm -hmm. We're not selling to WPP and Omnicom. You know, our customers are Awesomeness TV, Full Screen, Studio 71, Machinima, ESL, um, you know, we power uh, dozens of, of media companies globally across five continents, 27 countries. And so for us, it's really about, you know, this this revolution is happening all over the world. And we want to be empowering the new media companies on the ground that are that are part of that revolution. Um, and then in terms of, uh, you know, the you know, the other side of the equation or thinking about, you know, how do the, these parties work together? Our tools are really focused on supporting the supply side customers, the MCNs, talent managers, influencer marketing agencies, and then going to work with the brands and agencies. So we don't engage mm -hmm. them directly. We don't want to disintermediate that, them from that process, much like, say, an influencer marketplace would. We're mm -hmm. building the tools that help their sales team, awesome as the sales team, go and pitch to the Nestle's and the Toyotas of the world. Yeah, yeah. it makes, makes a ton of sense. 
Um, so how, like getting your first customer, talk to us about that. Cause sure. I think, right. A lot of entrepreneurs, that's like, sometimes that those early days, you're trying to find product market fit. Um, for what I know, Paladin has probably, would you think, would you agree? You oh, have certainly. Product market uh-huh. fit now. Yeah. But that is one of the um, biggest challenges. That, right? early what on. was that? Yeah. Talk to us about that journey. Yeah. So <clears throat> it kind of evolved out of our relationships and understanding of the market and really just mm-hmm. listening more than we were talking, right? <laughs> Going and sitting down with people and saying, what are you struggling with today? How can we be helpful? Um, the first customer we ever signed is uh, Nordic Screens. They're based in Norway. So uh, one of our, our leading kind of Scandinavian, Northern European customers. They've been phenomenal to work with over the past you know, two or three years. Um, the second one, the, the biggest uh, American client that I signed first was Defy Media. And we met them through our relationship with YouTube. They were kind enough to make an introduction because Defy had struggled with a lot of these these problems early on, right? They were trying to sign talent. They were trying to handle the contracting process and pay them and, you know, manage all of the data inputs across these various platforms. And it was at such a large scale and, and so many of these problems that they had to kind of shut down the program originally kind of built around the Smosh brand. It was called the, the Smosh mm. Games Alliance. We rebuilt the program with them and used our technology as the back end. And it was incredibly successful, right? Overnight, they were able to power this business, which heretofore had been done extremely manually and was only limited to a small handful of, of partners that they were able to work with. Now at scale, our technology enabled to do to do that and not have to worry about all the logistical details. Yeah. What comes to mind there is you have a, you have a client that you're building software for, right? A, a technical solution. Um, and you need to think about how does this apply to a lot of other clients, right? So how do you scale? Yeah. Which is another problem I think a lot of, or a challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs face is you get your first client, you got to build great tech, but you don't want to be beholden to, you're creating a marketplace. So it needs to fulfill the needs of that client. So you get some traction, but it also has to have sort of a bigger vision in mind. Yeah. Um, like how, how do you think about that? Sure. Challenges you were doing it. You know, for or us, yeah. starting off, we were very focused on how do we own this space, right? How do we start very small and focus on a niche of these media companies mm-hmm. and then from there can grow, right? So we've been very careful to define what we do, right? What, what is it the, that the platform is solving? We're also very careful to define who is our ideal customer. And from there, you can certainly expand to adjacent markets, right? You know, we didn't start off thinking we would sell to esports leagues and teams so that we would, you know, be working with, say, digital publishers and the phenomenon of, of digital publishers. Now you, you look at a lot of them are great L.A. tech startups, right? So Donut Media, um, you know, some of the, the guys like Futurism, Cheddar, TYT that are creating content and distributing it across these platforms, that's been an explosion of popularity and interest in the past five to 10 years. And so whereas we didn't think of initially building tools to support and sell to them, today, that's a a very big part of our vision. And so my advice to other entrepreneurs is, you know, identifying that product market fit is to start small, find Mm -hmm. the customers where you really understand the pain and not just, you know, oh, this hurts a little bit, but where's the 10X value that you can provide? And once you nail that, then start looking at what are the adjacent market segments where the tools we have today and what else would be logically on our roadmap we can expand to and support. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that really stand out for me in that. And I just want to highlight it for folks who are listening. Um, one is that when you started out, you were listening more than talking. Um, I think that's so important, especially as you're starting that entrepreneurial journey, um, trying to, um, you need to, you need to have a pitch, but you really need to listen to your customers right away. And I think that's just such um, spot on advice. I think it's probably part of why you've had the success that you've had. The other thing that you mentioned is, is this notion of, um, the 10 X pain point where you need to find potential clients of whatever your business is 
where this is like a burning need. Like they are not kidding that this needs to be solved versus like, oh yeah, that hurts just a little bit. Um, and I think that's, you know, in my journey, I've, I've experienced that certainly. I think that's a piece where whenever, whenever I hear um, an entrepreneur who's sort of starting, that's one of the first things I ask is like, where is this pain so acute that like someone can't live without your company? Yeah. And that's what we've really tried to embody in the, in the product, right? We're asking customers all the time still, you know, what are the tools that you're using? What are the things that, you know, have seemed like nice to haves or you're not finding yourselves as actively paying attention to? And of course the business models, the industry is shifting all the time. So we have to stay six months to a year ahead and thinking about where's this going? Right. And so the launch of our campaigns products, you know, more recently is a great example of that. For a long time, a lot of content creators and the media companies that supported them were ad dependent. And then we've had this proliferation of subscription video platforms, yep. whether it's Go90, full screen, you know, of course, Hulu and Amazon, Netflix, kind of at the, at the premium end of the market. Um, so SVOD dollars, AVOD dollars are important. But now we're seeing, you know, much more e-commerce and affiliate marketing with solutions like Magic Links, which is amazing. And then opportunities through transactional formats. Patreon just raised a bunch more money yeah. because they're offering a lot of value and helping fans directly contribute to and support the, the creators that they love. And similarly, brands are are such a big part of this industry and funding, whether it's branded content or influencer marketing activity to reach and engage their audience that we wanted to build tools that facilitate and support that. Yeah. So James, tell us a little bit more about your, about your campaign management tools. Sure. So, you know, when we were talking to clients of ours, like Whistle Sports or Ken Community, the, the challenges that we kept hearing over and over again is the sales team is spending time trying to identify who are the right talent for this campaign. Mm, A lot of times it's institutional knowledge. Hey, Brian, you know, who do you (laughs) know that has pets or kids or, you know, would be a great fit for Unilever? Uh, And you're like, oh, maybe this guy. Kayla's great. Yeah, Yeah. we used her last time. (laughs) So, you know, that's a little bit of it is just trying to inform, using data to inform those decisions. The other piece is the packaging element, right? A lot of these guys are building decks and spending hours pulling the stats together, create these beautiful presentations, fire them off, and the stats are out of date. Or, you know, the agency or brand comes back and says, well, you know, we like half the pitch, but these other creators aren't really a good fit. So you go back and that process is very iterative. Well, why not, if we have access to that data, give you a live link that you can share make it easy to white label and shoot it out to the brand for approval. And then the last piece is, of course, the campaign performance, right? Introducing greater transparency, uh, making it easier to track your deliverables, whether that's you know viewership, engagement, watch time, audience information. How's our campaign performing so that we can demonstrate to our client that this is valuable? How can we prove to the advertiser that your spend worked? And by the way, let's let's go back and do this again together. Let's do more of this work to uh, to unlock that audience. Yeah. So James, when I hear you talking about that, I hear more of you listening, more listening to what your clients needed, what your partners needed, and then finding a solution because those pain points are real. That's I, I right. Mean, I've seen, yeah, I've seen the that listening over never and over stops, again. right? So right. for us, it's you know we don't just sit around. I always say we don't just sit around in our ivory tower saying, "Oh, I think we should build this or that." Everything we've done is market yeah. driven, and and part of that is uh, just baked into our DNA and our philosophy, right? We're, yeah. we're a bootstrap company and uh, have have loved the flexibility and freedom that that's afforded us. And so being in a position where we found product market fit early on, you know, we always joke, we've got this different model where we raise money from our customers, we call revenue. Yeah. That's encouraged <laughs> us to, to to be very cognizant of what the, the community needs, right? What do our clients use at the end of the day and what are they willing to pay for? Because those are really the 10X pain points where we can unlock the value. Right. And so as you think of those, because things have shifted a lot, even in the last couple of years, right? And even, even recently with some of the changes in um, some of the MCNs have struggled a bit, right? Um, some of the studios have cut back a lot in terms of the number of creators. Some have cut back in terms of their staffing and their teams. Um, for, for Paladin, 
do you look at, is it new platforms? Is it like building tools for Snapchat or new platforms where you see creators engaging? Or how do you see, right, as, as some of your clients might have business models where they're struggling and you still need to have, you still need to serve them, but you also need to be thinking about sort of what's the future. Like, how do you balance those things? How do you think about those things? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, it's like I said, we're still in early innings, right? This yeah. is day one of online <laughs> video. So there are going to be platforms that come and go, right? Vine's a great example. Uh, yeah. There are going to be new entrants and that's phenomenal. The, the fact that we can have a Musical.ly and a Snapchat come in and, and be a, a great force to connect creators with audiences is amazing. Um, there are going to be business models and companies that pop up in this space that are, that are chasing the dream and helping to realize that that are going to have to be pragmatic and are going to have to adapt. And we've seen that, right? I, I talk a little bit about just in the MCN space that there's been an evolution of the model, right? In the early days, being part of an MCN was one of the only paths to monetization. Yeah. So a lot of creators signed up. There was this rush to scale. It was new. There's a lot of investor money coming in, there was intense competition, which led to that land grab phase. Then we saw kind of a second wave of networks that were focused on, well, hey, let's activate a boutique network of talent. Let's do it around a vertical that we can package and sell to advertisers. Exactly right. Um, And then from there, let's think about additional monetization schemes. It's not just ad supported, but we've got branded content and a direct sales effort. We've got you know, we can create original programming and sell that to, uh, you know, to uh, an SVOD platform. And so we, we're going to continue to see evolutions of that model. And at the end of the day, it comes back to how are you adding value of building an audience and creating great content that resonates with uh, with those fans? Right, right. Makes a ton of sense. Um, so, James, another thing I want to touch on is um, this is something I've admired about you. Um, you've also created your own podcast. And I imagine this is around being an evangelist, um, not only for Paladin, but also for kind of the evolution of the industry. But can you tell us more? What's your podcast? How can people find it? And as an entrepreneur, like how did this fit into starting your technology company? Yeah, for sure. So the podcast is called All Things Video. And uh, Brian, you've been a guest in the past. So I would encourage everyone to check out that episode because it was so much fun to dig into your background and hear about Magic Links. You know, the podcast for me started just like this, having conversations about where the industry is going, being passionate about the evolution of online video and digital media as an industry and that revolution that I'm talking about, the way that media and entertainment has changed so fundamentally. So much of that history isn't being captured. And, you know, I love podcasts, a big fan of the medium. And so for me to share those stories from other entrepreneurs and, you know, the the history and the activity that's happening in and around our space, yeah. helping to chronicle that in real time was really the reason to do it. I don't make any money off it. It's really just for fun. It's a great creative outlet to, yeah. you know, take the people like us who are so passionate about what's happening and spread those stories to a bigger audience. Yeah, it's fantastic. I saw um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk um, was keynoting a conference, Vid Summit, last week. That's right. Um, here in L.A. And one of the things he talked about is... Um, to to your point, right, um, is sort of what are what are emerging media spaces that have all kinds of untapped potential, um, and for him, podcast was one of two, um, where he just said like there, you know, sort of there's this new revolution around it, but it's also just such a great medium and the way that people listen to it, and hopefully, folks here, right, it's usually you might be in your car or running or doing something, but you're very very engaged, um, and it's just I, I've I've seen. I wouldn't put myself into this category, but James has had some of the, you know, leaders, innovators, shakers of the digital media space and particularly in LA. Um, so you're, you're really, you know, driving a lot of the ecosystem. 
uh, here and, and chronicling those stories is, is a gift. Well, thank you. And you know, like I said, <laughs> All Things Video has just been such a fun way to connect with other entrepreneurs, tell the story. And, you know, the fact that we're in L.A., we're in this media and entertainment hub, uh, you get a chance to interact and learn from so many mm-hmm. of those people. And it's been you know, I've been here now for 10 years, absolutely in love with the city and the the scene and for me, it's uh, it's really kind of a revolution. It's a renaissance period for L.A. You see the amazing tech companies, media companies being built here and the environment in which people are so willing to help one another. That's something that you have to continue to pay it forward and give back. Yeah. And that, that's a big impetus behind the podcast as well. Yeah. So so let's let's dive into L.A. a little bit more. Um, where where in L.A.? You are in downtown, right? I'm downtown. Yeah. Yep. So came out here. I'm originally from Houston yep. and, and spent some time growing up in Bakersfield and then came to L.A. for college. So went to USC and uh, and just, you know, loved the city and, and stayed. So I've been in downtown. Gosh, like I said, about 10 years now. Uh-huh. And uh, it's totally transformed yeah. along with it. Many other parts of the city. And, and, and so. Uh, been just on fire for what's happening in LA and fell into the startup scene, but can't imagine doing anything different. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so school took you out here and then the weather kept you. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fortunate we have, uh, you know, for our business, we have offices in Krakow and Poland. We have an office in Ho Chi Minh city, Vietnam clients all over wow. the world. So I yeah. do spend a good amount of time traveling, which is phenomenal getting to, to meet people from other cultures and see how the industry and the business is playing out globally. But I just keep returning to L.A. because so much of the innovation is centered here now. And being this kind of mixing and melting pot for media and tech specifically, I can't imagine being anywhere else. This has been absolutely the right place for us to build Paladin's business. Yeah, I would I would uh, I would second that and say there's if you're in media and tech, L.A. is the best place in the world to do that. Yeah. And so for us, our, you know, our customers tend to be in other big media hubs. So I spend time in London and Berlin and mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, hoping my travels take me out to Istanbul and other places soon, because <laughs> that's exactly where, you know, a lot of this uh, new media is merging with and learning from old media. You know, I, I think a big part of what we're doing today has parallels from earlier periods as I touched on. And so, yeah. you know, I encourage people not to be just digital isolationists. I'm excited yeah. about what's happening in digital and, and encouraging the trends there. But we have a lot to learn from TV and vice versa. We have a lot to learn from film and radio and vice versa. And so encouraging people to kind of reach across the aisle and learn from one another uh, is a big part of, of what this is all about. Yeah. Um, so in, how about companies in LA? Like, are there are there other companies that have been uh, it, let's talk both companies and people. Um, is there any either companies or people that really stand out um, that have been helpful on your journey as an entrepreneur um, or that you're are like, this is like if, if Paladin can live up to the ideals that this company is doing, um, we would, you know, feel like we've really accomplished something. Sure. Yeah. So many, uh, again, in, in really big admiration of a lot of entrepreneurs and companies being built here in L.A., uh, you know, some of the ones that I'm really excited about today and, and that I work closely with, I'm a bit biased because I'm an advisor to Toonstar, uh, which mm-hmm. just, you know, had a big announcement last week and and is uh, creating a live streaming app for uh, people to broadcast themselves as cartoon characters. So it's a uh-huh. lot of fun. It's an amazing product. And, and the team behind it, John and Luisa, are just incredible visionaries about, you know, what's happening in media entertainment. And uh, so, you know, big fans of, of Toonstar. I've learned a lot from working closely with them. The other is Dumo, uh, which is uh, a company that allows you to support causes that you care about, whether that's a political cause, whether it's journalism, 
um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, something else that a nonprofit that you just feel really inspired to give to, uh, Glasgow Phillips, the, the founder and CEO, um, was one of the really early employees at Maker Studios. Um, phenomenal human being, just uh, such a gifted and, and friendly guy. And so getting to kind of work with them on their journey has been inspiring for me. Uh-huh. Um, we've been, you know, very blessed to, to work with great platform partners over the years, working closely with uh, YouTube and Facebook, of course. Um, and then, you know, learning from a lot of the other media companies that have grown up in this space, whether that's awesomeness and full screen and, and taste made and uh, studio 71 or whether it's, you know, folks at kind of the next generation of companies like the donut medias that are being built right now. And so are there, are there specific resources like for other entrepreneurs that want to have their own journey, but emulate parts of yours? Um, are there resources, are there ways you found, like how did you start to make connections in the community, build those business relationships that eventually allowed you to launch Paladin? Is that is that solely a function of the work that you were doing and the people you met through work or were there other community events or other other ways that you um, your journey, you may have met people that have been helpful along the way? Sure. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of going to events, putting yourself out there, or even just reaching out to people on LinkedIn or asking for introductions to people mm-hmm. that you think are doing interesting work to learn from them is, is a great way to go about it. Um, that's been a huge avenue for me in terms of developing relationships, meeting people and kind of growing a network. Um, beyond that, other resources where, you know, you can learn so much. I, I read a lot, right? I, I learned so much from books. So whether it's zero to one, um, yeah. whether it's uh, Peter Thielsbeck, right? It is. Yeah. yeah or the hard thing about hard things. Yes. But then Horowitz, phenomenal yes. read. So some of these kind of canonical classics for entrepreneurs, I encourage everyone to turn to. Yeah. And then podcasts, of course, that we learn so much in, in LA when we're zipping around town, have a lot of time in our cars or <laughs> running on the beach or, or whatever it takes us. Podcasts are a great way to connect and learn from other people. And I've heard people on other podcasts that I've reached out to and, and built friendships with or learned from as entrepreneurs. So those are a couple of resources that come to mind. But really, it just kind of comes back to uh, to being out there and, and seeking to give, right? How, yeah. My philosophy is, how can I be helpful? How can mm-hmm. I support someone else to be a resource to them? Because that will always come back to you in spades. Right. So on that note, um, one of the things we love to ask guests on the show is how can the community help you? Um, what, what, you know, we've got obviously this thriving ecosystem in LA, um, and you've got a great business and company, but if you had one ask of the community, um, what would that be? Wow. You know, if you're ever uh, coming across new media companies that are struggling with a lot of these back end challenges, we, of course, uh, appreciate if you keep Paladin in mind and we can be helpful. Beyond that, you know, as we're growing our team, always looking for great recommendations of candidates, especially you know, around sales, marketing, client success. And then my, my bigger ask is uh, to be an advocate for what's happening in media entertainment and be mm-hmm. an advocate for what's happening in L.A., right? Help other entrepreneurs uh, seek out, you know, resources or try to find opportunities where you can give back and be helpful. I'm involved uh, very much at, at USC as a mentor for undergrads, um, work a lot in, you know, in and around the entrepreneurship programs there as well. Um, and then of course, you know, through advising companies, I've learned more, I think almost <laughs> yeah. than, than, than they learn from me sometimes. But, uh, the value is in, in taking the journey together, uh, because none of us can do it on our own. So that's my, my bigger overall ask. Great. Um, so James, share with the community how people can connect with you, um, both with Paladin uh, and with all things video. Sure. Um, yeah, share share how we can find you. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, James Creech. Uh, please check out the podcast, All Things Video. Uh, a lot of fun and publishing new episodes, you know, a couple times a month. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to uh, get in touch, you can check out our website to learn more about Paladins, paladinsoftware.com. 
find us everywhere on social and we'd love to hear from you. Great. Well, James, it's been a pleasure visiting with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Ryan. This has been a blast. We Are LA Tech is independently funded by the community. We couldn't make this happen without your support. If you too want to contribute to We Are LA Tech and see us making the podcast, building the mobile apps, creating the events year after year, consider contributing at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash We Are LA Tech. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.